Good morning. You're listening to FordAily.net, and I'm Kemp Parr. This morning, my guest is Jeff Mako with Mako Floors up in Wisconsin and a Hattinger store down in Florida. Jeff, how you doing? Good morning, Kemp. Doing great. Thank you. Um, caught you in Atlanta. You're with your wife. Tell us real quick what you're doing. Sure. The kickoff of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Delta has especially painted Jeff. Uh, Delta Breast Cancer 1, the 767 with pink ribbons on it, and chosen 140 Delta employees worldwide to come down here to Atlanta. These are all breast cancer survivors and their uh, significant others, and flying them to Boston for a couple days. So it's sort of a celebration of life. And it's designed to kick off their fundraiser, which is uh, Breast Cancer Research Foundation. So we're on that flight. My wife is a breast cancer survivor, and we're going to be taking this pink jet to Boston. Now, Lisa, she's not an employee of Delta, is she? She is, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, she worked for us for years, and then she always wanted to work for an airline, so she's been a Delta employee now for a couple of years. Okay, I didn't realize that. Um, thanks for giving us a few minutes. I wanted to ask you first, you've got six stores up in Wisconsin, one down in Florida. Tell us how business is. Still very strong. We had a great year last year. Didn't think we could surpass it. We are. We will do that. Our sales are up in, in the Florida region and in the Wisconsin market, and in both cases, just about double-digit increases, so very happy with us so far. Same on the commercial side, uh, that's still very strong. So all in all, uh, our business is still looking looking very strong. Double digit, I mean, that means maybe 10%. So 10% yeah. growth mm-hmm. on a year-over-year basis. How are you doing that? I'll tell you, it's tough. The uh, you know Managing the growth for us is, is the biggest challenge. As of everybody, there's a, you know, a huge labor shortage. So uh-huh. that's been a, a big uh, challenge for us. That's probably the biggest challenge. How do we procure and get good quality labor? And, and uh, you know we're, we're struggling through it. Okay, that's fantastic. Now, I know just last weekend you had this huge sale. Tell us a minute about yep. that. What were you doing? We had a same master private sale, and another good private sale. We've done them probably for the last 20 years, maybe. And spring and fall, run by Stain Master, uh, all administered with, with uh, the guidance of Tommy Bueller. And we, we did a, we had another, good, uh, another good sale this year, so mm-hmm. we're real happy with it. Okay, and as far as just real quick, your mix uh, carpet doing okay? Is it holding? Is it about 40, 50% of your sales? What, how's it doing? Well, if, if we carpet cushion and labor which which is what we do i would say that it's still 40 to 50 percent of our volume yeah. but i did notice that on this private sale though we had a lot more hard surface than we may, might have done in the past uh, consumers wanting to have a little bit more available you know these cord type products okay interesting very interesting well that leads me to the next topic i noticed a news story last week that the wfca had polled their members and they said the majority of their membership, which is supposed to be retailers, were in favor of the tariffs. And I scratched my head and said, that's not what I'm hearing. So I thought I'd reach out. You're part of the NFA. Correct. Uh, I'm wondering, what, what do you personally think about it? And what do you think the membership of the NFA thinks about these Chinese tariffs? You know, obviously I can't speak for everybody in the NFA, but I, I get to talk to anybody in the NFA that says, yeah, this is great. I'm sure there are some, but I haven't spoken to a single dealer that is happy about it. So, you know, it's a challenge. We were putting jobs uh, two weeks ago, and all of a sudden we're looking at a 10 to 25% increase on, on material uh, cost. Uh, I don't know of anybody that's happy with it. I suppose there could be. And the idea, of course, is, is understandable. I'd like to see more domestic manufacturing these products. There's absolutely no question about it. And if this helps that, uh, I guess that's fine. It's a short-term pinch for us. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, we've got uh, a product line that has been a very fast-growing product category for us now with a substantial increase in cost. Now, that said, Kemp, I can tell you that I can't tell you that we lost sales over our private sale weekend because of the new prices on the rigid core and the, and the imported type products. We still sold a bunch at the higher prices. At some point, however, consumers are going to kind of take a look at that and say, hmm, maybe I should do uh, wood. Uh, you know, if the cost of this product is getting to be the same as a ceramic, maybe I'll go that route. So 
as it sits right now, I can't tell you I'm happy with it. But we also didn't lose a lot of sales this past weekend because of it. So. Interesting. Okay, let me, a couple of things. First, let me point out John Ball, who's a stock market analyst, did a review of where all the growth was coming from in the business. And he pointed out that 70% of the growth in the flooring business was coming from LVT. And so it's a tax on the biggest growth area. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. 100%. I would say that's an accurate statement. But then let me just ask you, this comment you just made about your sale, you've already incorporated mm-hmm. the price increase. So how did that affect the, the consumer's price? What is that up about a dollar? Or how, how much more is the product costing? Well, it, de- it depends on the, you know, it depends a lot on the on the product, of course. But we just, we did exactly what what the price increase was. If it was a 10% increase, we increased our cost by that. If it was 25, whatever it was, we yeah. increased our cost and then calculated our margins accordingly. So yeah. on the selling price, if it was a 10% increase, it might be a 12% sales increase price to the consumer. And that's how we quoted it. The biggest shock, I have to be honest, the biggest shock that I was seeing is in the eyes of the sales associates when oh. they said, oh my gosh, I quoted this last week. Oosh, look at this price today. And we had to really instruct our folks to say, Okay, we aren't going to talk about it. No one's going to mention the word. We're just going to go forward. Now, that said, we did see a spike in the last few weeks knowing this was coming in these types of products. And there was one consumer specifically that from one of our vendors, their price increased basically tariff was going to take effect next week, that this consumer specifically came in and bought and said, for that reason, I'm buying today because I want to get in before the tariff. So the prices went up. And, and at this point, the biggest concerns that I could see were in the eyes of the sales reps. I think at some point, consumers also are going to start doing the math Mm-hmm. saying, hey, hey, wait a second, That's, if, if my LVT product is, is now this price, I could put in wood, you know, for that price, maybe I'll do that. Uh, yeah. That hasn't happened, but it could. Well, I'd like for you to, if you don't mind, I'd love you to take a read on the percentage of your sales that are LVT, and more specifically, even maybe Rigid Core LVT now, and then what how that changes. I know this business is so seasonal, oh, sure. so, so it's going to be hard to get it. What, what do you think right now, though, if you just had to guess, what percentage of your growth, you just said you were growing 10% or better, what percentage of that do you think is related to LVT? I can tell you the vast majority, and I apologize, I don't have any of my numbers in front of me, but when we look at it, clearly 75 to 80% of the growth, just specific growth, is yeah. I think in that category. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> At the expense of things like wood and or uh, laminate. We're yeah. still seeing declines in the laminate market. I think wood is kind of maybe leveled out a little bit, but uh, all that growth is, is and carpet as well. We, we, I think we're, we're taking some of that volume out of our carpet mix, too, because folks are, are, are putting that in areas that we might have done in carpet. Okay. Real quick, last question. What are you doing to take care of this labor shortage? Uh, I think I talked to you six months or so ago, and you said, hey, we're just paying our installers more. Is that how you fix this thing, or, or how do you fix the uh, labor issue? Well, it's... Yeah, big picture, you know, at, at some point when the when the wages in that industry rise to a level where it becomes competitive with a lot of other trades, yes, then you start to see uh, people moving into this industry. But that's not really the key. The key is what we have to do is get people at a younger age and then educate them on working in the trade. You know, right now they're told by every teacher they've ever had that if you don't have a college degree, you know, you're going to go nowhere in life. And, and that certainly is the case for a lot of folks, but it's not the case for other folks. So we're going into the schools now and trying to get kids in high schools to say, hey, you know, if you're looking to get a degree, we get it. We completely understand that. But if you are interested in working in the trades, you know, we've got a career opportunity for you. So we've given some scholarship money to, to the tech schools specifically uh, to, to work to encourage kids to get into the Mason's Union or Mason's type uh, careers, uh, carpentry careers. That's where we you know, draw from. And there's no doubt wages have gone up, you know, so 
at least in Wisconsin now, our union and non-union wages are the same. You know, if union scale is 35 bucks, it's the same in, in union and non-union. So the, the guys are making a decent wage. I think we're, we're doing everything we can to make their, their work um, easier, safer, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but ultimately what we're doing is we have full-time employees now that manage labor. And that's all they do, and, and part of that management is procuring labor. So they're they're scouring you know, job fairs, they're going to the tech schools, they're going to the high schools. You know, we're get, trying to get our, our name out there as much as we can to tell these young individuals that we can teach them a career. They don't have to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars to get a college degree. We will teach them a trade, and we'll do it on the job for free. You know, that's a, that's a noble activity you're doing because there's no guarantee that those people who enter – this trade are going to end up working for you. So you're kind of raising the water level for everybody in the business, aren't you? Yep. The scholarships that we've donated so far, none of the individuals uh, actually came in and are working with us. They're all working in the trades, but not necessarily for us. But, <laughs> but you're right. That's not the idea. The idea yeah. is to get more people into the trades. Yeah. And at some point, then we'll get, it'll trickle down to us. Yeah. Well, thank you for your leadership on that. And thank you for spending time with us. Again, been talking to Jeff Mako, one of the owners of Mako Floors and Hattinger Floor down in Florida. And you've been listening to Kempar and FloorDaily.net.